What's up, everybody? This is Matilda Egeri Cooper, and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I'm unpicking the topic of adult friendships because when you live in a city like London where loneliness is such a big issue, having friends, and I'm talking those good, good friends, is so important. Even research shows that good friends are good for your health. They help you increase your self-confidence, self-worth, sense of belonging. And I know I have friendships who've even helped me improve my lifestyle habits like getting into fitness. But my word, are friendships hard to find and maintain once you start to move through different stages in life? So to explore why, I tapped up a new adult friend of my own, Marianne Waniki, a qualified counselor, coach, and co-founder of Eden Relationships. As someone who's passionate about all things relationships, she supports individuals and couples to explore, resolve, and strengthen their relationships with their self and others. In this episode, we talk about how to navigate adult friendships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what we can do to have the best connections in our lives. Marianne, welcome to Finesse Your Wellness. It is so awesome to have you here. Oh, so great to be here. <laughs> oh, um, I actually mentioned before how you're like a new friend for me, <laughs> and I know one of my priorities definitely in the last few years probably post pandemic is just to be so much more proactive when it comes to meeting and connecting people Um, and I think part of that is simply because we had this massive (laughs) sort of moment of disconnection that I'm just like I I want I want friends I want more friends (laughs) Um, but I mean I probably take it for granted that I can kind of meet people and click with people. But, you know, for others, it can be a little bit tricky. So just to kind of get straight to it, why Mm. is it so difficult to make friendships (laughs) in adulthood? Oh, I mean, that's a great question. And I think we just have to be really honest with ourselves. Uh, Oftentimes we live in busy cities. And it just means we don't have the time and the capacity to be able to build that vulnerability with people and Mm. the time and the capacity to allow ourselves to be known. Because actually, when we think about it, we have a load, loads, we have loads of people that we connect with, but how many people really know everything about who we are, what we like, what we enjoy, our past? And the older we get, we're just tired. I'm like, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to tell you about my life story. I can't be bothered to tell you about everything. So I'm just going to give you the headlines. And what we know about headlines, they're great. They'll pull people in for a little bit, but it's not enough to keep them connected to you. Mm. Um, But it's actually interesting because I was reflecting on that question, um, especially because of clients that I get um, since the pandemic, a lot of people are coming to therapy around friendships you know the loss of friendships loss of connectivity etc and there's a clear pattern and I've actually seen this in research in research as well lack of time as I've mentioned but also low trust is a thing Mm. it's a thing oh my gosh I'm exposed (laughs) exposing me (laughs) we just don't trust people as adults you know we've been hurt we've had people betray us we've gone through highs and lows of life and over time, our trust bank becomes depleted. Mm. So it's harder for us to want to be our whole selves and to be vulnerable with people. Yeah. When we're little kids, we just trust everything. You know, we just lack that awareness. Everyone is safe. <laughs> mm. That's a really interesting point. I thought 
one of the things that stood out to me is when you said vulnerability. I mean, what does that look like? Because I feel like when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I've actually had situations where I'd have friends who would say, Matilda, you don't really share much. And I'm like, why y'all got to be all up in my business? <laughs> like, why why you need to know my life story like that? And I suppose I'm just curious to just understand what do we mean by vulnerability? Like, does that mean I've cried in front of you? Like, what does that entail? <laughs> it's it's a good point. Um I guess vulnerability, I, I actually think it's linked to intimacy. They're sort of the same mm. family for me. It's this idea of into me see, you know, I like using that intimacy, into like me that. see. Um, and it's this idea that actually around you, I can be rested in that I can just be me. Um, I can share my thoughts with you, my beliefs, my value systems. I can be open and I feel safe to do that. You know, and that's what vulnerability is. And also that's what intimacy is. It's being able to connect in the fullness, hopefully, of who we are, right? Mm. And really, I ain't got time to be vulnerable with you if I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) I need time with you. I need time to feel that I trust you. I know your intentions. And then I feel like it's safe to be vulnerable because I know you'll be able to carry what I've just shared with you. And that's why it's really hard as adults to just make friends, because unless you are having that closeness in proximity, that frequency of engagement, you know, that friendship just doesn't take root. It's very surface level. It's hi, bye. How are you? I'm good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And yeah, the proximity thing is really interesting because when I think of my friendships or at least my recent ones they've always been based on my communities so Mm. for instance 10 plus years ago I joined a running community Rundem crew and Mm. to this day 10 years on I can count the number of solid friends that I've kind of built through that and I always attribute it to the fact that you know you spend so much time running with people they see you sweaty they see you you know (laughs) you know killing it in races it almost forces you to be vulnerable in a different kind of way yeah um so I've I I definitely think being in community in that respect or at least a run community has kind of helped me but if people Mm. don't have that community framework what are the ways that people can I suppose be proactive in making those friendships yeah that's a good point it's that community framework is really important. And when we think about society, we've moved away from those community frameworks, right? People used to live in smaller communities. They knew everyone. People would go to church or they'd belong to a group. But I guess if you don't have that, and especially within a bit in busy cities, especially, um, it, it requires being intentional, mm. you know, it requires you having to step out of your comfort zone and saying, where are the where are people at (laughs) where are my people and how do I find them Mm. and whether that's you joining the gym Mm -hmm. or joining some form of exercise class or whatever or joining a you know a communal community group in your local area or whatever you just have to step outside of your comfort zone because you know no one's going to come and find you if they don't know you exist (laughs) and and there's something about when we're with people sometimes we start discovering more of who we are what we like what we're about 
And then that helps us to know the types of friends we want to be in. It's sort of this loop in an interesting way. So, for example, for you, when you are with your girls and you're doing your running and you have those moments afterwards and you're celebrating in terms of like, girl, that was hard, but we did it. (laughs) You discover something about yourself because as you're connecting with others and they're connecting back to you, you see yourself. Okay. And you can only see yourself the more you interact with others because other people are like a mirror to you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be proactive in figuring out how do I put myself in places where people are at? The first place I might put myself in, it might not be comfortable, might feel a bit wobbly, but I start to build the resilience and the ability to connect with people. And then slowly I adjust and then I might really find my true people. The other ones might have just been, you know, a training ground, but eventually you find the people that feel like home to you. But it's it's been intentional. It's it's been proactive and not just sitting there and thinking, they'll come and find me or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, honestly, low-key sounds like dating too. Yeah. It, honestly, well, it's interesting because my husband and I, uh, when we first got married, because people think when you're married, oh, like loneliness is gone. But mm. that's not true. We were like, we need some friends and we <laughs> need some married friends. So we were like, we need a game plan. And we actually came up. It was it was like, we were like two losers who were like, no, we've got to climb up the ranks. And we literally came up with a game plan. And we're like, right, who are the people, the type of people we want to hang out with? And we sort of made a little list. And then we started to actively scout them out and be like, right, we want to meet with you. Would you do coffee? And you know, everyone's always busy. And we're like, okay, tell us, where are you at? What area are you at? What time are you usually available? We will come to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it works. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting because you know in meeting you you're certainly very friendly as is your husband, but mm. how's this as a scenario? What if and this might sound like a bit of a contradiction, somebody is proactively trying to pursue my friendship but mm. I don't necessarily want to be friends with them and not because <laughs> there's anything wrong with them, but I only have capacity for so many friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how does one navigate those situations where somebody almost kind of wants more of you than you can give? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard. Okay, let me let me probably add a layer of transparency. Mm. And I think you kind of touched on it when you talked about friendships being a lot more difficult because of lack of trust. And I think my challenge sometimes is that my lack of trust meter can be very high. So Mm. oftentimes if somebody may want to be friends with me, I'm always a little bit skeptical as far as what's the reason, what's the rationale. Mm. So maybe it's almost a little bit unfair to be like, well, how do I get rid of them? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, part actually, of it might be my own issue, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it, but it's actually interesting because I've been reflecting and I've had those moments uh, where I've got people who really want to be friends with me. Mm. Um, because I'm naturally that um, empathizer, I'm empathetic and I'm a counsellor. So sometimes people want to be friends with me mm. just because they want someone to offload to. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm a counselor by profession, but girl has to have a break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I also need to have moments where I can offload and it's not just one sided. Mm. And sometimes I'll see those people and I'm like, they feel like they're needy friends and it's not a mutual exchange. That's right. 
So my tactic <laughs> is actually I realize, wait, why do I need to see friends in isolation? You know, I don't have the time and capacity to connect with everyone one on one. So sometimes I will do one to many. Mm-hmm. And so with those needy individuals, I think, wait, how about I create a community environment where they can then connect with other people? And I'll think about people that I think they could vibe with that are in my friendship circle. And so I might put on like a, you know, a girl's lunch, a girl's brunch, or I might say with two other friends, hey, let's just hang out. Let's have some time. And I'll introduce you to this other friend of mine. And then that takes a burden off of me. And what's really beautiful is I'm also sharing my friendships with someone else. And so, and it also alleviates my burden sometimes in having to carry the need of someone else that someone else brings. Yeah. So that could be a really good tactic in terms of you're helping someone else's need, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be you helping their need. It can be done within community. Yeah. Brilliant idea. I really like that. And I feel like I've probably done that indirectly yeah. um, and not even because I've sensed that somebody is trying to have like a a singular relationship with me, but it's almost like, yo, I have this whole community <laughs> of yeah. dope women who, you know, you will find your people like, believe and so for sure like because my time more so nowadays is at such a premium and I want to be able to connect with people's Mm. like well I'm gonna be here at this time with these people come through come through the water's fine (laughs) (laughs) exactly so you can be a connector in a way and so it's just thinking about well actually it's about sharing resources my Mm. resources are depleted so how about I introduce you to another, you know, part of my life, an extension of who I am. Mm-hmm. And then you get to build new friendships. And it could be that because they're connecting with your friends, then actually sometimes that person becomes more attractive to you because actually, <laughs> no, but honestly. You're kind of then, all right now. <laughs> yeah, you're all right now. You know, I've tested you out. You know, I've, I've let my friends connect with you and you, you know. So it's, it's quite an exciting thing. Um, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) because it is so exciting when you make a new friend. And I know in the last few years, I've definitely been able to kind of say like, oh, my God, I got a new friend. Like we get on so well. We get into the same kind of things. And, you know, those friends really, really matter. So I'm definitely a massive advocate of, you know, yes, even though time might be tight, you know, it can be really enriching when you get to meet new people, especially as you get older, for sure. Exactly, exactly. But I guess it also touches on like the dark side of friendships as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because friendships, when you think about it, people, sort of platonic pr- friendships, people will separate them from romantic friend, you know, romantic relationships. Right. But actually, they all have the same genesis. They all have the same sort of foundation and baseline, which is the idea of mutual understanding, trust, intimacy enjoyment of each other's time safety the only difference is that you're not kissing each other and you're not having sex (laughs) right you're right and everyone knows any romantic relationship has to have a firm foundation in just a platonic relationship because you're Mm. building the foundation and so what's really interesting in platonic relationships is we 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 don't resolve conflicts well at all (laughs) at all you know and we hold grudges and we don't always have the assertiveness to talk about it. We're not always managing boundaries well. And Why so- is that? Though? Like, <laughs> what is it about platonic relationships? And again, speaking from experience mm. where, 
you know, maybe I've been frustrated or angry about something. And to your point about the vulnerability, that vulnerability can take so many different shapes, which means you may see me when I'm sad. It also means you may see me when I'm angry or frustrated. But then for some reason, the angry frustration, frustrated Matilda, people are like, oh, whoa, 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 I see this side before. It's like, well, yeah, because we're friends now. So surely you're going to see every aspect of me. But it definitely feels like if I express maybe my truth, then suddenly it's like, oh, you know. Mm, Exactly. And I think it's just got to do with that idea of being able to... um, I don't know, like in romantic relationships, you spend time creating like, you know, clear yeses and no's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you are outlining what your expectations are. But in platonic relationships and friendship, I don't know what it is. We just think we're friends now and we just have to connect. Mm. But sometimes I think there's a fear of actually, if I'm to be honest with you and tell you about what I like and I don't like, you might run away or we might get into an argument and I don't have the energy as as my adult self. I don't have energy for for arguments. Mm -hmm. And so as a way of avoiding those energies and and the, sorry, avoiding the conflict, we then end up having very shallow Mm -hmm. communication and shallow ways of relating because we're trying to protect ourselves from being hurt. You know, our friendships often now in adulthood in a way they function as a, this is a good time. I'm just having a good time. This is a pick me up. (laughs) And there's only one or two people where I can really be my true self. You're just here for the pick me up. And so it means that, yeah, exactly. So it actually means that we're not being our true selves with most, most of the friends that we have. And then it means that if we were to run into conflict, it's ugly. And it really means that those friendships sometimes never really repair because we haven't built the language to be able to have constructive conflict resolution with those friends. Mm. You know, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. So then here's another friendship scenario. When do you know if a friendship has run its course? And this comes from recognizing that, you know, people have like old school friends, friends that they've had from school, college, um, from their youth. And then as they get into adulthood, suddenly it's like, oh, okay, we don't really, why why were we friends again? (laughs) Kind of vibe. (laughs) But then it's almost like in a romantic relationship where you can almost formally break up. (laughs) Mm. It doesn't seem to happen in the same way when it comes to platonic relationships. Like people either may ghost or, you know, what happens in those situations where either you've acknowledged it's time to let go or you've noticed somebody is kind of trying to let you go Mm. I think it all stems from actually what type of friendship was it to start with Mm -hmm. sometimes um because sometimes you have a shallow on the shallow end you've got shallow friendships where it's just it's a high buy type of friendship and so it can fizzle out without there actually being you know a formal (laughs) we're not chatting to each other anymore But then when you've got deeper friendships that, yeah, you've been friends for a long time, you have a shared history, sometimes over time, that proximity, that consistency of engagement just fizzles out. And there isn't really any closure, right? Mm. You don't have the, there isn't that opportunity to say, hey, what's what's happened? Like, how have we gotten here? And it's because, like I said, we haven't built the language of seeing friendships as they're truly intimate spaces that we share, and they do deserve the ability to say, actually, are we closing this off well or are we continuing it? 
Um, so I guess there are some friendships where you think, actually, I feel like we aren't really friends anymore. And that's because I don't know who you are anymore. I don't know um, what you're about. I don't see you that often. And I don't actually feel like I can truly share who I am with you. But then how do you go about then saying that to that person if you haven't been speaking to them? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because sometimes people get like the random text. It's like, what? (laughs) Where did this come from? Where did that come from? Exactly. So I think with friendships, we do have to be flexible in that. You know, it's not that we always have to say, hey, just to let you know, this is coming to an end now, you know, as if it was a contract to start with. Mm. But I think we need to develop the ability to know that it's okay to have healthy conversations about the state of our friendship relationship and the health of our friendship. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing, I'm seeing more people coming to therapy to actually talk about their friendship, to Mm -hmm. actually talk about um, where they want their friendship to be, what's going wrong, the conflict areas, the things that are unresolved and have been unsaid. And people are starting to build more of a confidence to do that as friends coming into therapy or as individuals coming in to talk about their friends. So I think we just have to know it's okay. It's not creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because I think that was almost like in the back of my mind, like, you know, is it a little bit weird to kind of firstly be so intentional about friendship? And I know I've recently been trying to kind of like at work, you know, make some friends. And then suddenly it's like, hmm, this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't clicking, but, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'll keep going. I'll keep trying. But, you know, sometimes, it, especially when you're not successful, you kind of just think, gosh, why, why is this so difficult? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it actually reminds me of a, a book that I've been reading recently called Friendtimacy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's by um, Shasta Nelson. Um, And what's really interesting in this book, it outlines um, five different types of friendships. Okay. And, you know, it looks at friendships that are more like, you know, work related friendships, a bit more shallow. They're based on regular proximity, but actually you don't have that sense of deep vulnerability. And then you have friendships on the other side, which are like, they call it commitment friends. Mm. And these are friends that you know them inside out. And actually, you don't need to see them every day. You could go three, five years not Mm -hmm. seeing them. But when you connect, it's like, it's like you just saw them yesterday. You Mm. don't need to explain anything, but you just have that deep connection. So there's an aspect of actually thinking about actually what category of friendship am I looking for from this person Mm. and then you yourself create really healthy boundary and framework around it and you set healthy expectations around that friendship so at work I ain't going to be making deep friendships because (laughs) you know five minutes later we might be arguing about a project (laughs) you know that is not the place I'm going to make deep friendships I might be lucky enough to but I know in the world of work or place of work those types of friendships might be difficult to come by. So actually, what are the expectations I have for those friendships? And how can I ensure that I protect myself within that space? Mm. But then when I think about church, for example, which I feel deeply connected to in terms of my identity, Mm. that is a place where I will make deep friendships, where I can be vulnerable and my whole self, and I feel safe to do that. So it's just, you know, really thinking about what box it all goes into within your friendships. Yeah. And I definitely think there's something about just taking a moment to reflect 
whether it's using a tool like a journal or at least just carving out some time to think about these things. Because I was actually talking about a friend, um, we're talking with a friend recently about um, sort of networking events. And, you know, she was like, but sort of what exactly are you looking for there? Because mm. it's, I suppose some people go to networking events for like business opportunities and, and so on and so forth. And I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, find people to connect with. She's like, girl, that ain't, that ain't the space, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't really going to be it. Like you'll be pleasantly surprised that actually it might just be like those one-to-one coffees and those connections yeah. and just something that feels a little bit more directed rather than just walking into a room and kind of hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, know your environment and really think about what you want to get from each of those in- environments. I think it's being honest with yourself. Uh, instead of setting unrealistic expectations that are just going to crush you, you know, when it doesn't, you know, flourish into what you're expecting it to be because the environment isn't right for it. Yeah. And so I don't know if for intimacy touches on this, but is there almost like a uh, a good ratio or almost like a formula as far as the type of friends you should have? So, you know, is it okay to just have the shallow friends? Is it a little bit OTT to have the committed friendships? Is it a, a mix of everything? Oh, well, I, I don't think it goes into sort of that ratio. But realistically, I think in, in adulthood, mm. I think when you think about it, when we're, we're young, we have loads of friends, like our whole class, whether there's like 25 people in our class or 30, <laughs> almost all of them are friends, and they all get invited to our birthday party, yes. basically. <laughs> but actually, as we grow up, we are more guarded we're more self-aware and then we realize that it's not about quantity it's about quality Mm. so actually you might find that you know you have very few committed friends friends that you know they know you you are your whole self with them you know these are the friends that you don't need to put on makeup or wear nice clothes when they visit you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you could just be you (laughs) and actually it's okay to have two or three of those okay because you know they're your friends for life and you cherish them in a way but then you might find that you have loads of friends, loads of friends that are more on the shallow end. And that's because, yeah, you want to have people to have a good time with. You want to have people that you can have a meal with or to go for a run with. And you might need more of a, a, a quantity in terms of those types of friends so that you, you know, you are always active in engagement. But the real quality friends, you know, those are few and far between. And it's OK, because when something is quality, you don't need a lot of it. <laughs> you know, you just need mm, a little work. dose of it and it is enough. You know, it's like good perfume. You just need a little spritz and yeah. it lasts you all day. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So I suppose kind of just landing this conversation, what's some advice that you'd kind of give to women um, about friendship, you know, how to approach it, how to let it go? Like what are kind of some actions that we can start to take? Yeah, I think there's something really important in just taking that step back and thinking about who you are right now, like who have you become? Mm. Because as women, as human beings, we change. Our our values pretty much stay the same, but they're expressed differently over time. So actually, who am I now? And what are the, the who are the people that I need in my life that are going to really bring life to me and are going to be a real support for the season I'm in and the season I'm hoping to go into? And you, like I said, you might find that you don't need loads of friends. You just need a few good ones. And those few good ones, those gems, 
how do you intentionally go about cultivating those friendships really investing and pouring yourself into those friendships because those friendships will invest and pour those friends will invest and pour themselves back into you so like I said just taking that step back and just reflecting on what's important and then really investing in those friends Mm. and then thinking about well what are the parts of my life that are it's just about enjoyment it's just about connection you know so it could be for example for me I really enjoy going to the theatre. Mm-hmm. I'd love to find more people that would love to go to the theatre with Girl, me. Girl, I am so in. Oh, Say less. Okay, okay, let's <laughs> do <less>. that. <laughs> and so actually, I can just have loads of people that I connect with and I go to the theatre with. And the friendships don't need to be about me pouring out my heart to them. Mm-hmm. But we could just have a good time talking about a hobby or something that we share. And I'll invest in that way. It's a different type of investment. And I won't hold those friends to account. You know, I won't hold them to you know, high expectation for them to be there for me in, in a very intimate way. But they're there for me from a rec in a recreational side. Okay. Um, I think that also touches on all of us recognizing sort of friendship is it's a form of intimacy. And there are different types of intimacy. There's recreational intimacy. This is people we have fun with, like I just mentioned. But there's also intellectual intimacy, people that actually I will go to because I want to debate this topic. You know, let's have a let's have a good debate and I'll argue with you and we'll still be high fiving at the end. Right. Um, And then there's also spiritual intimacy, people that actually I want to grow my faith with and my true sense of identity with. So just taking that step back and thinking about the different levels of intimacy and who are the people that you want to cultivate those areas of intimacy with and just be really honest about it about that and set realistic expectations yeah so so good thank you (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so my final question is how do you finesse your wellness oh well (laughs) I love I love that finesse um I think it goes back to just stepping back and going what is it that I really enjoy that I haven't been doing that is going to be life-giving. Mm. And so I finesse my wellness by recognizing that I love creative things. Like I said, I love theater. And so I make sure I indulge myself in theater as much as I can, because that's a part of who I am. And that that really ticks my internal well-being. Okay, that's important for me. Um, I love being outside in nature. And so it's important for me to have regular walks outside, you know, go by the park or just go somewhere that's green and take in nature. And walking is beautiful. You're burning calories in a really easy way. Mm -hmm. And then you're connecting with the outside world. And so for me, that's what I need to do um, for my well-being. Um, And also, I really enjoy being around people as an extrovert. I feel like I am dying if I spend too much time on my own. Literally, I feel like I'm my, I'm losing my sanity if I spend too much time on my own. So I'm very intentional about building key moments throughout the week where I'm just hanging out with people, having a laugh, you know, and that's when I tap into the friends that are there for on the recreational side of the intimacy. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I do. Theatre, oh, go for it. a walk and 
have a good time with friends. And noted. <laughs> <Definitely> noted. <laughs> oh, so how can people connect with you, engage with your services, find out more yeah. about what you do? Well, if anyone would love to catch up with me around how I can support you with counseling, coaching, and just figuring out all the different aspects of your life, then yeah, just feel free to visit um, www.edenrelationships.co.uk. And uh, yeah, you'll find all my details there. And I'd love to connect with you and just, yeah, walk alongside you. Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you. (laughs) Yo, Marianne came with the truth bombs about friendship so here are my top three takeaways number one before we even get into friendships it's really important for us to reflect on who we are now and who are the people that we actually really need to bring into our life and you know I'm a big fan of self-reflection and actually taking moments to think about okay what is going on who are you and what do you need to do so I think it really makes sense to kind of apply that to how we pursue and maintain the friendships in our life. Uh, Number two, definitely manage your expectations. I personally would say I'm probably someone who ears on the side of caution, but I also love this idea of, you know, there isn't one type of friendship to have. So whether it's like my good time, yowdem, or, you know, actually the friends that I've had for years and maybe looking at ways to pour more into them. It's so important to kind of just, yeah, be very realistic about what those relationships can be. And takeaway number three, touching on that, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And I love this idea of you actually don't need a lot of it. And that's so true. I've seen that kind of live itself out in my life. And so whether I have friends who are abroad and you know, or friends who I haven't seen for years, I just love the fact that those are still my peeps. So that is that for this episode of Finesse Your Wellness, brought to you by Flygo Collective, a space for Black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Flygo Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygocollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. And if you loved what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes because it means a lot. Much love to you all. Catch you on the next episode.